Chapter Eight of Stories of North Pole Adventure by Frank Mundell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Discovery of the Magnetic Pole. After the return of Parry's expedition in eighteen twenty seven, Captain John Ross submitted to the Admiralty the plan of a voyage for the discovery of the Northwest Passage by way of Prince Regent Inlet. Steam had recently been applied to ocean navigation, and the captain thought that a steamship might succeed where sailing vessels had failed. The government, however, did not look with approval on the new venture and it was not till 1829 that Ross was enabled, through the liberality of his friend Felix Booth, to fit out an expedition. He accordingly purchased the Victory, a paddle steamer which for some time had been employed between Liverpool and the Isle of Man. The vessel was strengthened, and many other improvements were made provisions were laid in for a thousand days and then all was ready to start many naval officers volunteered their services and even offered to bear a share of the expenses but ross had already chosen as his second-in-command his nephew lieutenant james ross who had sailed with parry in all his expeditions on the 23rd of May, 1829, the Victory sailed from Woolwich. At the outset, the steam engine was found to be a failure. At full speed, it did not propel the vessel faster than three miles an hour, and it had frequently to be stopped entirely for repairs. Early in August, Lancaster Sound was reached. Sailing thence, the explorers passed through Regent Inlet and anchored within a quarter of a mile from the spot where the fury had been wrecked. It was with no common interest, writes Ross, that we proceeded to the only tent which remained entire. The canisters of preserved meat and vegetables had been piled up in two heaps and though quite exposed to all the changes of the climate for four years they had not suffered in the slightest degree on opening the canisters he was surprised to find that all the provisions were in an equally good condition from this store ross replenished his own stock and then sailed away to make fresh discoveries Pursuing a southwesterly course, a few bays and rivers were named, and then the explorers came upon a land stretching far to the south, to which the name of Boothia was given, in honour of Felix Booth, who had fitted out the expedition. Going on shore with all the officers, Ross hoisted the colours and took formal possession of the land in the name of the king as the season was now rapidly drawing to a close he decided to take up his winter quarters as soon as possible with great difficulty 
on account of the quickly accumulating ice a large and sheltered bay was reached which promised a safe harbour and arrangements for making the victory a comfortable abode were at once begun an embankment of snow was thrown up around the vessel and the deck was covered to the depth of two and a half feet the dreary monotony of the winter was unrelieved by any noteworthy incident a number of eskimos visited the ship and one old man who had lost his leg in an encounter with a bear was to his great astonishment and delight supplied with a wooden one by the ship's carpenter the explorers invited several of the natives to dinner and were greatly astonished at the relish with which they drank large quantities of oil in preference to any of the other liquids which were offered to them it was not till the seventeenth of september eighteen thirty that the ice drifted off the land and the victory was once more afloat she had only advanced three miles when she was stopped by ice in a few days she was again frozen in and destined to spend another winter in almost exactly the same spot as before this circumstance had a depressing effect on the minds of the men but their leader did not allow them much time for indulging in melancholy forebodings and it was during this the second season of their imprisonment that the one great and important discovery of the expedition was made for many years the exact position of the magnetic pole had engaged the attention of navigators but no satisfactory solution of the question had yet been achieved to set the matter at rest was now the object of ross's ambition on the twenty seventh of may eighteen thirty one he set out accompanied by his nephew and several men crossing the isthmus of boothia and journeying along the shores of a wide inlet on the western side of the peninsula they at length reached a point which was calculated to be within fourteen miles of the great object of their search leaving behind the larger part of their baggage and provisions they hastened forward and at eight o'clock on the morning of the first of june they stood upon the source of that mysterious agency by which vessels trace their path through the ocean and towards which millions of compasses are ever pointing the magnetic pole there was nothing in the appearance of the surrounding country to indicate so famous a spot the land was low near the coast rising about a mile inland into ridges fifty or sixty feet high nature had erected no monument to denote the spot which she had chosen as the centre of one of her dark and great powers the explorers hoisted the british flag and took possession of the magnetic pole and its adjoining territory in the name of great britain and king william the fourth 
the commander also raised a lofty cairn under which he deposited a canister containing a record of his discovery on the thirteenth of june they returned to the ship in august another attempt was made to get the victory into open water but she had only sailed four miles when she was again frozen up for the third winter the health of the men now began to be affected and it became evident that if in the ensuing summer the ship could not be moved the men must their only means of escape was to proceed in the boats draw them over the ice to fury beach when after supplying themselves with a fresh stock of provisions they might reach davis strait and return to england in one of the whalers accordingly on the twenty ninth of may eighteen thirty two the victory was abandoned and her crew commenced one of the most laborious marches on record in little over a month they reached fury beach where they obtained a plentiful supply of provisions launching their boats on the first of august they steered to the north but meeting with a continuous stretch of ice the unfortunate explorers were compelled to return to fury beach where they spent their fourth arctic winter in a canvas house scurvy that scourge of the polar regions broke out and one man died their situation became daily worse and ross knew that if they were not able to get away from the inhospitable coast during the ensuing summer the chances of their surviving another winter were indeed very slight on the fifteenth of august eighteen thirty three the ice broke up and they again set out for once fortune smiled on them and aided by a favourable breeze they reached regent inlet here they encamped but after a few hours rest they were once more afloat and during the next day made seventy-two miles then the wind fell away but the men were not now to be denied progress they got out their oars and rowed for twenty hours till they were utterly exhausted a few days of stormy weather followed during which they were confined to their tent but this did not cause them much uneasiness for they were now near the end of their wanderings early on the morning of the twenty sixth of august a sail was seen failing to attract the attention of those on board the vessel ross and his men launched their boat and by dint of hard rowing approached near enough for their signals to be seen a boat was at once sent to their aid and they were taken on board strange to say the ship was the isabella of hull the identical vessel which ross had commanded in his first voyage to the arctic seas she carried them safely to england where they arrived on the nineteenth of october eighteen thirty three 
after an absence of five years during this expedition six hundred miles of coastline had been discovered and the importance of the information obtained regarding the magnetic pole cannot be overestimated ross received the credit of having performed a great public service and the honour of knighthood was conferred upon him his nephew was promoted to the rank of post-captain and all who had taken part in the expedition were suitably rewarded End of chapter eight